right, well, here we go. We jump back in. Ollie, how are you doing? Okay, not too bad. You're looking great. Thank you very much, darling. <laughs> I love the way you've done your hair. Oh, far, far, far more control than I've got. <laughs> <laughs> Your hairdresser's on strike, I can see. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't seen them in years. That's Haven't right. seen them in years. Right. I, I have to check if they're still around. They might. No, it's only teachers on strike, so no, the hairdresser's around. The, don't get me in trouble. Um, what are we going to talk about today? We're going to we sort of touch on financials and what's happening out there in yes, the market. Why not go for it? Okay, well, why don't we jump in? Uh, and there'll be a delay as we as this gets out, uh, but it gives us a chance to talk. OCR, OCR. So we're going to have that again this afternoon. What's what's your thoughts? Uh, and what do you see around this? Well, the official cash rate, the OCR, is supposed to come out this afternoon. We had the same session a few weeks ago. And I had a guess then. I happened to get it right. It went up half a percent. The talk around town now that it'll go up another quarter percent. Mm-hmm. Well, I spoke to Adrian Orr of the Reserve Bank. He's a good mate of mine. I had a little chat to him. I said, look, you shouldn't put the OCR up at all. And he said, well, you talk to Chris, Chris Hipkins, you know. Yep. And so I An- Another up, good mate? Another good mate. And I had yep. talked to Chris, had a few beers with him, and I suggested that they should not <laughs> put the OCR up. And we'll see this afternoon. I, I have some influence, you see. Uh, so I talked to Adrian. I said, look, mate, you, know, you should just keep it where it is, just like the Australians. The Australians yeah, good kept, point. Yeah, good point. Right. Uh, Aidan wasn't so keen about that, but he said he might put it up a quarter of a percent. A quarter. Uh, so it was between – I'm arguing with him. I'm going to, when we leave here, I'll be arguing with him again as you know, have a cup of tea. And, and, and Chris, was he uh, – did you have a beer in person or was he calling in from the club in, uh, uh, he came, he in came, Hunt? He came to see me at home. He, he came oh, yeah. around home? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it nice happens guy. all the time, yeah. No yep. problem. Yep. And, 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 and Mrs. Ardern as well. <laughs> yeah, both of them, yeah. Well, she's got time up her sleeve That's now. Right. So, okay. Well, you, look, you might have saved us from uh, uh, fifty basis points to twenty-five, uh, or, or maybe zero. Should be a not, not many people thinking zero. Most people are, as opposed to Aussie, most people are thinking twenty-five. But the trouble is that the Reserve Bank and everybody who's running this show don't seem to realise that if they put interest rates up, there's a long time lag before it actually does has an effect. Yeah. Yep. So all the interest uh, rates that have come. In the past, interest rate increase are starting to affect now. It takes yep. up to six months. Yep. So raising interest rates again today, will there'll be no effect for six or seven months. We already will see effects going. So hopefully it'll stay at a pause rate. But who knows? Um, I've told Adrian that, and he's, I hope he's listening. Um, so we already see signs of the early interest rates affecting the market, yep. as you know. Yep. Okay, so they're now, uh, the danger is they start loading, Keep they continue to load in before the first lot of effects. It's yeah. almost like taking medicine. You didn't see anything and you keep yeah. you know, jabbing the poor kid with something uh, until they've had too much. Yeah. And, and, and that could be coming. Do you think we're sort of getting towards the end of the cycle or towards the, the top of it right now for I this time so. round? I think so. I think the market can't bear much more. Mm. We've already mm. got signs all over the place. We can talk about mortgagey sales. Mm-hmm. We can talk about arrears of payments. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can talk about uh, debt, mm. debt uh, um, not being paid back in time. There's arrears and loans, all that sort of thing. These are signs that things are starting to to fall apart in the background. Well, several mm. companies went under that easy mm-hmm. buy, mm-hmm. what have you. Um, so uh, there's a sign there, and, and of course, when we when the statistics come out that mortgagey sales are uh, increasing, and the, the the pundits come out and say, "Oh, you know, it's only one point six percent of all the mortgages," but that's 
build that because it's far bigger than that because mm. when a bank makes mm. an arrangement exactly. with a customer, when they've made an arrangement, yep. that, that doesn't become part of the statistic. So 90% of people are making arrangements with their bank and that doesn't get mentioned. You say. It's only those who are seriously in a reason and, and uh, you know, on the point of mortgage sales and the bank can't, can't deal with it. By the way, it's to the bank's interest not to have too much to have them coming yeah, through. Coming through, yeah. Do you think the work that's been done over uh, the last sort of uh, 10, 15 years, less than 15, uh, has protected the bank's position better than, say, when we went into uh, GFC where it, it, it was chaos and now there's they've tried to get away from the margins so everybody's a little bit safer with, safer with the lending? Well, you explain that to the banks that fell over in the last few weeks in Silicon Valley mm-hmm. and Credit Suisse and others. It shows you how fragile the system is and the mistakes they made when taking the spare cash and buying government bonds or treasuries, mm. as they call them, mm. which have very low interest rates and a long time before you get the money back. I don't know if our banks do the same. Probably do. It's, it's you know, tricky. It's tricky. Um, but, um, but the... Um, Market is showing that it's starting. It's starting to fray the edges. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. I th- and I think more interest rates are more damaging than, than it's worth. Yep. They do. Well, we're seeing that. You touch on the uh, mortgagee sales. Uh, so in my mind now, I, I treat them as distressed sales, yeah. and that it's almost like the iceberg uh, analogy. The tip of the iceberg visible to us is the mortgagee sales, and it's reported that they're going up under the water. It's yeah. the greatest volume, yeah. which is the distressed sales. That's right. And they're the ones that will, I, I believe, will have to go to market at what I'd call an exit price. So we can see now the market start to change on that. We're trying to achieve X for our property, but the neighbour is X minus 20 to get out of it. That's right. That's where the new market sits. That's right. Until they've all sold and you're the last one standing and somebody has to pay your price. Yes, it's, it's interesting. The, the, uh, the uh, banking crisis that we experience overseas it shouldn't be under underestimated. Okay. And the banks are tightening up a mm-hmm, lot. Mm-hmm. And the banks have anticipated this in, in interest rate rises. So I don't think the banks will raise their rates much of it all, even okay. if the OCR... Uh, does go up. Adrian doesn't listen to me. Uh, so, will, will, will you yeah, phone him up straight afterwards oh, yes. and uh, oh, ask what the hell he thought oh, he was doing? I'm going to give him heaps. Give, give, give him, him a whipping. I'll give him a, yeah. Invite him around home. No sugar in his tea. <laughs> Candy on his feet. So, mate, we're running out of money. No sugar. <laughs> well, it's not funny for the people who actually pay. And of course, there's people are, are refinancing or re locking their mortgages now. I was talking to somebody only yesterday. They, they re- got a mortgage uh, readjusted to 6.5% mm, from mm. 2%. Wow. Now, that's almost three times more. Wow. And this is, you know, it brings tears to your eyes. Yep. Yep. And of course, there's maybe changes to the LVR rules. Like Which the is the next, the next instrument they'll play with. So if we tap out on where the OCR sits, yeah. now it's the LVR. So just for people listening, LVR? LVR is loan-to-value ratios. The bank will, instead of looking at the property so much and needing money against the strength of the property, they'll look at the people's income. And so look, um, as an example, uh, this person is earning, say, $100,000 a year, and there's a figure. We will only lend seven times his, his or her salary. That's 700000 which doesn't buy you much in Auckland. And if there's a couple, mm-hmm. if there's a couple, you know, uh, man and woman or man and man or woman and woman, uh, and they have a double income, say, 200000 a year, they'll discount one of them because for sure one of them, one of them will 
not be able to work full time. So the loan say rates 150,000 a year, see, times seven, uh, whatever that is, 1.2 million, eh? Uh, so the, 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 the value of the house becomes second in many ways. Mm. So mm. have I explained that or have I lost you? No, 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 that was very good. I was just okay. working out which one was going to have the baby and uh, you know, who, who's at home looking after the either. child. That's either. that's pretty good. Either, either can, either either can do that. Both, both of them. The, the, um, here's the challenge with that. That it just doesn't work with uh, New Zealand incomes and New Zealand house prices, does it? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> like, like, where do you start from? You, you can't reset this and get it back to a number that makes sense. Uh, well, the, 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 I think the powers that be would like to see a real property crash that brings prices down to where people can, used to be able to afford them. Mm. And many people, of course, have got such big equities in their houses, it doesn't matter. Um, but mm-hmm. for the poor sons that were talked into buying their first home a year or two ago, the powers of being said, the market should be tilted in favour of the first home buyer. Tilted. I don't know where that word came from. Uh, Dopey. Um, that's why they brought out all sorts of rules and regulations against investors and mm. dealers mm. and all sorts of punishments to tilt the market towards first home buyers. So the first home buyers tilted themselves into the market and bang. Now, of course, it, it, yep. isn't that dopey? They've just raised pensions and uh, uh, Social welfare, wage rises for everybody. That's inflation. And the moment they do that, up your interest rates, take it all away again. Eh? Mm. Figure it out. How would it, would it be a 30 year challenge to get the LVR to a number that was logical? Be, because you'd have to do it gently. No, no one in New Zealand's going to accept well, yeah, a, a crash, even, even though, you know, we've, we've still got a, you know, the, we're trying to build a recession. <laughs> well, I don't think there'll be a crash. I'm optimist because look in Australia, prices are starting to go up again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and certainly the prices are surging, as they say, uh, which is a sign. Of, uh, I think people are just not going to take any notice of interest rates. I remember back in the 80s, interest rates were 18 and 20 percent, and house prices were going through the roof. So let's just accept it. And, and two mortgages at that uh, There was a first third, mortgage, second, second mortgage, third, fourth, first. and a third mortgage. And yeah. How you paid your interest was by revaluing your property and pulling out some more money against the value to pay the interest, you see, because the house prices were going up uh, 30, 40% a year. I tell you, it's really fun. Which was the investor's uh, trick through the middle of uh, yeah, the market, uh, wasn't it, really? Revaluing and saying, hey, got more equity, equity well, here. People using their house as an ATM machine yeah, asking yeah. for trouble. Yeah. Uh, ordinary people are doing it too. How else were you supposed to pay the interest? Mm. You mm. had to drag the money out of equity, equity and pay the interest that way. Hope and borrow. Borrow and hope, I mean. It's borrow and hope. So, so now we see the, uh, the challenges, yeah. Pay more. Create inflation, mm-hmm. interest rates up, mm-hmm. draw the money back off the people. Nobody's better off, mm-hmm. uh, and in fact, you you affect the ones that didn't get the increase in the in the whole market as you go through. And rental rentals are going up, rent prices. Yeah, rent. Yep. We're heading for a. If we're not careful. We're heading for a perfect storm. These this sudden increase in interest rates is going to do a lot of damage the wrong way. It may reduce mm. inflation. Mm. It may reduce inflation, but it may make it even worse. It might have inflation is the better than uh, than a recession. Mm. I remember talking mm. to Muldoon about that. The choice between a crash and inflation is no choice. Rather have inflation if you have to have it. Interesting, isn't it? Mm. Maybe you need to talk to Grant also, Chris I, I, Grant. You know, line these guys yeah, all well, up. I do. I, yep. I talk to all of them. Yeah. <laughs>
phone's red hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're lining up at the door. <laughs> and talk to the other Chris. You've got a Chris on each side now. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. Right. Oh, yes. Yeah, no, but the light shining off his head gets in the way. Chris, Chris and Cross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't we do this? So, uh, and, and that's great. I think that uh, touches on what, where the OCR could be going. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they get it wrong, they have to answer to you. Mm-hmm. It touches on the challenges around that mm-hmm. and the other instruments that are going to come into play with LVR. Um, why don't we just we'll, we'll swing off, and this is something we spoke about a little bit earlier, uh, and we'll add sort of a, a bit of real, real estate into it. Yeah, sure. Um, and there was some discussion we had around agents and agents' feedback. So we're going to go completely away from oh, the sure. financial side. Okay. And we'll jump into the real estate side now. Uh, vendors hat on, and agents feedback. What's 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 your thoughts? It's just finishing off some discussion we had in the last two three three sessions. Uh, when you've got your property on the market, and you haven't decided on a price, it's up for negotiation or up for auction. The agent's job is to bring feedback from people who come through the door and have a look around. He takes notes, and he should. He should present once a week at least, if not twice a week, a written document a document to the vendor yep. showing this person, the name of the person, A, B, C, D, and their comments, what they liked the place, what they didn't like about the place, what they thought the price range was and so on, just like that. So assuming you have 10 people went through the place, uh, maybe eight left a comment, uh, that should go to the, to the vendor to give them a chance to work out where they're going. Mm. And that mm. sort of feedback is mm. important. If your agent doesn't do that, then you give them a kick in the butt and say, I want feedback, not just over the phone. I want it written so mm. I can read it. Mm. Don't get a lazy agent. It's important to have that because it'll give you a clue where the market's going for your particular property. Do you think, um, what's your thoughts uh, on the feedback coming? This will be a really interesting, uh, I'll be very interested in this. What's your thoughts on the feedback coming from agents? Are they dead set honest with the price? Uh, are they trying to hear a price to keep the vendor happy? Um, what do you think? I, I think, <coughs> well, we must remember agents say, underline say that they're working for the vendor. Mm-hmm. And if they're working for the vendor, they should be telling the truth. But in real life, they're working for themselves and the vendor a little bit, and they'll work for the mm-hmm. purchaser if they can get a deal across, across the line. <laughs> I didn't say that, but I can say that. You don't. Uh, so, so they're working for the vendor, and they'll probably you know polish the app a little bit and give feedback that suits the picture yep. just to get the owners of the house to see reality because the owners of the property, if it's you, are often away with the fairies of what the place is worth. Mm. And they have mm. to be brought down to earth mm. and say, look, you want $3 million for your property. It's a bad of old bollocks and you're only worth $2 million on a good day. See? And you have to reduce the expectations to the real life. Uh, as I told you last time that people have people think always think that their place is worth more than, mm. than mm. what the market does. Uh, and, of course, if the feedback is bad, then you have to reconsider what you're doing, uh, whether you should reduce the price or pull it off the market, for that matter. So not everybody has to, like everybody has to sell. Yep. Most people would like to sell, but if they can't sell, if, uh, if they can't sell, they just just sit where you are and make do with what you've got and be R- happy. R- yeah, write it out, stay where you are. Uh, quite often I'll be talking to a client and say, look, the, um, this house will simply not fund yeah. what you're planning. It's a reality. That's right, that's right, and... and uh, the problem is, of course, if another thing, well, I thought of it, vendors have to tell the truth to the agent who must tell the truth to the buyer. Yep. If there's something yep. wrong with the place, yep. 
if there's a, a, a fault of, of some sort or something hasn't got its uh, code compliance certificate or they've done put on something or built something or changed the wall inside, not tell, they've got to tell because the agent doesn't know. And if the agent knows, he's got to pass that on. Yeah, to, uh, 100%. And, yeah. and yeah. boy, there can be big suing cases. Yep. I mean, I'm sure you're a big suer as well. That's <laughs> <laughs> so, a joke. Maybe not that. that the the owner the particular purchase a particular purchaser needs to know if there's any problems with the property and and the truth not, should not be hidden and I, I, and I and I think there's something um, so the agents have REA the Real Estate Agents yeah. Authority uh, sitting down in Wellington and I think that's actually done a really good job of cleaning up disclosure. Mm. Uh, Twenty years ago when I started uh, we didn't want to know about a problem if we didn't know about it. We'll, we'll sail through, yeah? Today, we want to know about every problem and we want to make sure that that's all recorded and writing and it's all communicated. So I think they've actually got that um, pretty well right, <coughs> but there's still going to be some some well, people that are uh, weak and scared and, uh, and uh, worried about passing I've it on. Seen, I've, I was dealing with a person a little while ago. They made major alterations to the interior without anybody telling anybody. Shift the walls around. Actually, reduced the number of bedrooms with Adobe because more bedrooms the property has generally yeah, and more, yeah. and more it's worth. They reduced the number of bedrooms. When it came to sell, there was no code compliance certificates, it was picked up. They had plans and plans had changed, and they got a fraction of what the place was yeah, worth. Yeah. It really affected their lives because they were just too mean to get somebody to check it. When we uh, so when we go in now and the agents do the CMA, the comparable market analysis, uh, we literally have a statement sitting in that saying, "Hey, look, this is what we think it looks like." You know, mm-hmm. and and I'll also argue that CMAs are, are nonsense, uh, but legal requirement, so you give it your very best shot. Yeah, uh, but we've got a statement sitting in there saying, "Look, this will change though mm-hmm. if if there is a defect on the property, and that could be on title, that could be on the uh, you know sign off with the council, uh, it could be on construction, mm-hmm. and some of those things are found out as we go through the marketing campaign." Yeah, buyers too should, should take. Action. If the a property's on a slope, for instance, especially after all these floods and mm-hmm. things, they should get an engineer in mm. to check mm. whether the slope means anything. If they're retaining walls, it should get definitely if the retaining walls get an engineer to check them. Yep. Um, and uh, the, the foundations on the uh, of the property, whether there are cracks in it, all sorts of things. So an engineer's report, expensive as it is, it's worthwhile getting to. There's a lot of people who would spend less on a, on uh, due diligence on a house than they would on buying a car. <laughs> I know. Crazy, they, isn't they it? They go to a dealer, take the car and drive off it. <laughs> without, well, they trust the dealer and boy, you can get caught. You know, buying a house is a big deal. It's much more complicated than you think. But, yep. you know, we, we get there. So I, th- I think that's good. So the feedback goes uh, in both directions. And then I think uh, the feedback coming back to the vendor, I like your comment there, sort of, you know, the, the agents polish the apple. Um, yeah, fiduciary, working for the vendor, the tension in that, they're working for themselves at the same time. They want to see a deal come together. Mm. Uh, but I think, again, the regulation has pulled the industry back to it being cleaner, which is... A deal at any cost is not a good deal. Well, it's got to be a deal that's not going to be come unstuck in the future or we're not going to have parties litigating with each other as they go through. Yeah, I, I remember the crazy days of 30, 40 years ago where agents were just <laughs> wild animals and t- telling lies blatantly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's a lot of fun. What, what's next? What do you want to talk about? 
Well, I, I think that probably wraps us up. Right. That wraps us up. Um, I think if you, we can do this off air, just share the name of your hairdresser <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll tidy myself up before we do this next time. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> I'll get over it. I'll get over it. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks, Ali. Okay. Really, really appreciate it and uh, great value for everybody Thank you uh, very much. listening and watching. Thank you.